welcome to Cameras or Whatever, the podcast for the working professional photographer. I'm Tyler Stellman. Hi, I'm Cameron Whitman. Is that even how I say it? I kind of forget how I used to say it. Does it matter? I haven't really listened to a show for a while. It's an I evolving. Mean, if, you're, if you're that worried line. about it, just record it and then like plug it in. I think you should just let it be whatever it is. And if you're wondering how, if you listen to the last episode and you're wondering how my vacation of vacation, my trip to uh, London and Paris went, um, let's just say we're doing some magical recording scheduling and I can't quite tell you yet, <laughs> uh, but we've got a lot of other exciting things to talk about. I, uh, well, as I mentioned, I borrowed some, uh, cameras from the camera store a while ago and have more reviews to deliver. Awesome. Do you, are you excited about the Sony a seven R two? Uh, I'm not. No. Okay. No, I'm not, not, but I am excited for other people because so many people are excited about it, right. but I still have reservations with, uh, ergonomics and, and, um, just the, uh, with the, the software with Sony, right. I just, right. I still just don't feel like it. it right. Well, you just much. spoiled the ending in my review. God damn. <laughs> uh, okay. So I came into this camera right or wrong, looking at it as, could this be a 5D Mark III replacement or a, wait, what's the Nikon equivalent to the 5D Mark III right now? 810, D810, or, oh God, I got a D4S, I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, or, you know, could it be the Canon Nikon killer? That's <laughs> that's what it's been framed as, and mm-hmm. I think, depending on whose reviews you look at, I think some people will say that it has accomplished that. Um, mm-hmm. I... I I was expecting this to be the moment we could decide whether or not mirrorless has finally won and we're all going to move over to it and it can totally replace your SLR. And uh, I would know whether we were there or not by the end. But, you know, I actually, after shooting with it for a few days, was not sure what I thought of it. Um, I'm sure that it is an amazing camera, though. And basically, my conclusion was that if you have not previously owned a high-end SLR at all, switching back to the Canon or Nikon would probably frustrate you in a lot of ways. There's a lot of things that are just better about the Sony, starting with its the quality is amazing. Shooting with the 55mm 1.8 lens that I had, which mm-hmm. was basically perfect. I don't know if I talked about it on the show before, because I don't know if I no. used it before, I guess. Uh, but yeah, it's, Sony. it's like the Sigma. It, I mean, it's as good as the Sigma. It's a 1.8 instead of 1.4, oh. so it's a little trade-off there. But it was perfect, perfectly sharp. There, It was oh. much better than any Canon ever. Uh, it's a sub-thousand dollar lens still. And uh, much smaller than the Sigma, much lighter than the Sigma. And yeah, like you cannot fault this lens. It was really, really ever. excellent. Well, yeah, no, I mean, it was... It, it, I, You know, the, the Otis is probably better, but the, so the between, if you compare it to the Sigma, it's like the Sigma is heavier. So that's a downside. And the Sony is yeah. 1.8. So that's a downside. So they almost cancel out those two downsides, almost cancel out. And you kind of take the, you know, either, but either one are the best sharpest lenses I've, I've experienced. Wow. Yeah. That that's was quite an endorsement. Yeah. I really, it was excellent. Um, there's limited zoom options still. That's what a lot of people are finding with the Sony's and why others uh, would be hesitant to switch from what I've heard. Um, mm-hmm. 
And so, uh, you know, that's, that's fair and would probably be a, a real problem. But a big thing that they did with this is making it more compatible with Canon lenses so that autofocus is supported. And that worked really well. I also was borrowing the Metabones adapter. And mm-hmm. yeah, I was totally impressed. Um, I said before, my point of comparison is usually the 5D Mark II autofocus, mm-hmm. which was kind of uh, okay and not great. And it was like that. It's like it worked. You could you could run around and be a professional photographer with this autofocus and get your job done. Mm. It's not amazing, um, but you could. Yeah, you totally could have this camera in all Canon glass and get by. So that's that's a big new thing. But you know, if you're going to commit to this to to the Sony system, I really think getting Sony lenses makes sense. They're super light, like so much lighter than the Canon glass. And many of them are well reviewed. I've also tried the 35, and it was it was very good. The uh, 2.8. And correct me if I'm wrong; those are Zeiss lenses, or are uh, they just yeah, yes. Yeah. Well, no, they're actual Zeiss, but okay. they're they're like um, I don't know. Actually, I don't I don't know how Zeiss works anymore. They do all this like they do some things that are definitely just branded, and some things that are definitely real Zeiss, but co-branded. Uh, this is like co-branded with Sony. Um, yeah. So I I don't really know how it works. Well, Leica does that too, right? With Panasonic. Yeah, right. And those I don't believe are really like a. a I don't know. I don't uh, either. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard, it's hard no. to say with some of those things, but um, the yeah, glass amazing. Uh, working with Canon, very good. Uh, the file quality when it's on a sharp lens and the photos in focus, it's great. Those forty megapixels are all there and mm-hmm. um, very sharp. Uh, like. I, from just looking at other people's comparisons, comparing it to the new 5D, which is a few more megapixels, but you know it's kind of it's kind of on par. It's like take your pick in terms of sharpness, uh, terms of latitude, similar. Um, I know other people complained about color rendition, like the Sony's look weird. Yes, I don't know. I just like I didn't really see it. I know it looked different, and it didn't look the way that I'm used to a Canon looking. But well, that's weird to people, though. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. It's like I still found it very appealing. I think you would just get used to it. I, I don't think anybody's going to, especially if you process it, you know, put, throw some Mastin Labs on there. And Oh, wait, there's no Sony Mastin Labs yet. Uh, <laughs> I guess there's some VSCO on there. Yeah, there you go. And, and yeah, and, and then it looks, it looks beautiful. Um, the, the one thing that I, I didn't even notice it at first, but once Anya pointed out it was like a big sticking point is... Okay. Generally, it's very fast. Autofocus is pretty pretty quick. Um, taking shots is very fast, but reviewing files when you zoom in to check focus at a hundred percent was yeah. very slow, unacceptably slow. And that's like not something that's going to be on a spec sheet. And I hadn't heard anybody else mention. So it took me a while to realize, like, yeah, actually, if you want to check critical focus as you're shooting, like, you want to go back and say, like, you know, is there something, is there a smudge on my lens? Like, is this turning out? Am I getting what I want? It's a really clumsy experience. It's very slow to review the files. It's too inconvenient to actually use it. Yeah. And for, uh, you know, working professionals, that is a real hang up. Like, I think um, you have to, you have to try that in the store and experience it yourself and like f- figure out like, are the other advantages worth it to me? And like, can I handle that trade off? I, I mean, I know it sounds small, but it really started to be a thing when you, when you're waiting for it. Yeah. I think that that might be tough because it, it's really 
honestly, one of the key factors that I appreciate about digital is that when I need to know that it's right, yeah, you that's just something it. we take for granted, right? Because we just mm-hmm. you you look at it, you know, like you zoom in quickly and then you move on. It's not even a thought, really, which is probably why it's not being reviewed because nobody's had <laughs> to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. I don't know. And it also didn't change on uh, shooting JPEGs, whether shooting raw or JPEGs, it didn't change. Weird. Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, yeah. So my other complaint was that you can't shoot medium raw files. And remind me, what does the Nikon do with this? Can you shoot smaller raw files on the that giant Nikon, the D800 or whatever? Um, not the 800, but I believe that that is the case with the 810. Okay. Because that is so important. Like, the can, to me, the Canon 5D Mark III will shoot medium, which is only 10 megapixels out of a you know 20 megapixel camera. And I still do that all the time. Like when I know that these photos are going to be for web only, um, I'm going to shoot a ton of them and I'm going to just want to be able to go through them quickly. I'll often switch down to medium raw because I know I don't need the resolution and mm-hmm. it just kind of saves me time later. And the inability to do that on 40 megapixel files, like I don't need them to be that big. I, I'm very comfortable with 20 megapixel files for most uses, but you can't downsize and still shoot raw. So right. uh, that I don't know, that really sucks to me. And I, I, I think another thing, a lot of people don't think about it, so maybe it's just my problem, but I think so many people run into this problem. If you want to buy all the extra hard drives, like go ahead, but... You don't need them most of the time, and it just no, you don't. Yeah. Okay, so um, I just looked this up, and the for the Nikon D eight hundred, it's called S raw, which okay. is uh, a small raw, right? And um, you know, apparently, uh, the advantage to it is there's two different things. Apparently, um, you can you know, obviously, the one advantage is a smaller file size which has a lot of excellent points to it, um, but also apparently has decreased noise because of the reduction of pis- pixels. Hmm. Um, I just looked this up, and so I don't, like, I haven't seen any, any real-world examples. But I'll, I'll tell you right now that that actually, that was enough to make me actually think about looking more into the A10. Hmm. Because I have the 800, and it, I, I don't use it that much because the file size is too big. Most of the time, right. when I shoot in the studio, I actually really like the file size. Um, but whenever I leave the house, I never take the eight eight hundred. Well, you know what it is? It's it's like when I'm shooting something that I know there'll be a lot of variety of good shots, so I can't just delete everything. Like when you're shooting portraits, at the end of the day, I don't mind only holding on to five files or ten files and just deleting everything else that didn't turn out because everything's very similar. Yeah. But at a, at a wedding, you can't just you know, delete everything. You can't, you, you're going to be stuck with hundreds of files in the end. If, and if all Correct. hundreds of those are over, you know, over 50 megabytes or whatever the actual space, those things take up is like, that's a pain. Yeah, and it's a total pain. And that just happened to me. I just shot a wedding uh, a week ago and it's, it's the same exact, like I, I ended up putting the lens on that I knew I wasn't going to use as much on the 800 because I didn't want to have to rely on that because of the file size. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but like, uh, there's no question in my mind, I might be wrong, technically speaking, but I'm talking about an actual user perspective is that the, the, the DF produces such a better looking image than the 800 that Mm. there's no comparison. So like, I want to shoot that all the time anyway. So, yeah, I just think I talked myself out of my 800. <laughs> talked yourself out of the camera you already own? 
Yeah. Which, I mean, I, th- I think it's right now it's probably my oldest camera anyway, so like I'm probably just moved on. But There is w- a way to do it with the Sony that you can shoot uh, in cropped sensor mode. But, mm-hmm. you know, then you're only using a portion of the sensor, your noise goes up, your lenses are cropped. So um, Right, there's no advantage to that. Yeah, which I accidentally did for a couple hours when I was first using the camera. Um, oh, boy. Uh, speaking of noise, though, great. It's like the 5D, maybe better. It's probably better. I haven't looked at like the pixel peeping comparisons, <sighs> but I'm really curious about that because I've I've seen a lot of files from it. Mm-hmm. Um, being an editor, that's kind of a, a oh, unique okay. yeah. thing. What, what do I think? get to do, but um, I am not so impressed. No, hmm. I get to see files from every camera. Yeah, you think that you think uh, the noise is worse than the 5D3 or or Sony or a Nikon equivalent. You know, it. I was really surprised by where the noise was. Like mm-hmm. the shadow noise was mm-hmm. was really surprising and, and unattractive to me. Um, I, I was not very impressed. But it also it, it could be, um, you know, how, the processing engine that you're using, or you know, whatever. It could be a lot of different things. But and it, but it hasn't been just like uh, examples from a single camera. It's been mm-hmm. through multiple users and. Uh, we, you mentioned about some people have, feel like the, the colors are a bit funny, and I feel that they're very much a bit funny. Yeah. But unattractive? To me. Yeah. But I mean, I, I like film, so I mean, right. it's, it doesn't take much to convince me, <laughs> you know, that, that I might the colors be are funny. All the digital yeah. colors are funny. Yeah, I mean, and that's not the case. So, like, uh, as a rebuttal to that, the, uh, the one that I'm, that I'm super impressed with is the uh, Fuji X-T1. Mm-hmm. The um, files that I've been seeing from the people who, who've been shooting with that have been super, super impressive. Yeah, I think so. I think Fuji spent some real time on their out of camera colors. It seems like they did a great job. On, well, on all the things that I've they've seen. so doubled down on on the X series in general, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that um, that is really paid off, and I'm really impressed. To be honest with you, I'm not ready to switch. Um, I've invested way too much into Nikon Glass, and um, I love my DF, so like I don't have any any reason to switch. Plus, like I have a bunch of Nikon film cameras in, as well, so um, I'm quite pleased. Um, but if I think if I were like if when people ask me, you know, what do you recommend? I I'm totally leaning at the Fujis. Interesting. I've been recommending the Sony's to people to to people that are. Uh, you know, looking for something very, very good, but not quite professional. I've been saying Sony. Yeah, like, see, and I think that for the A7 or whatever, the the new one, the weird stuff. <laughs> yeah, whatever camera we're talking about right now. I'm not impressed. I don't know how else to say it. You know, mm. it's it's pretty obvious and, you know, like it's it's nothing against everybody that is, you know, because yeah. it's just a taste thing. But um, I, yeah, I don't know. There's there's just something about it that just doesn't, this doesn't feel very appealing to me. And I think that, you know, that's a lot of it, um, you know, and I, I've obviously I've turned into a weirdo camera collector. So, you know, my perspective is, is, is off, you know, because I, I, I'm one of these guys that feels that, you know, a camera has to have a, a soul to it. Um, and that helps to influence how I'm going to use that camera. Mm-hmm. You know, I think of the, uh, you know, and obviously they're tools, right? And I just, I the, when I look and feel and touch and you know that that Sony, I just I, I get an icky feeling, to be honest with you. And then to see the results, I don't know if if I'm biased because of the way it feels, and I'm seeing things about it that I that I don't like, and whether or not I'm I'm just 
reading into that and making it up in my own mind. I might be, but it's just how I feel. I just don't think that it's all that awesome. Hmm. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I yeah. I, the ergonomics to to move on through you a little. Um, I, last week I was or last episode I was really enthusiastic about the Pentax and using it and mm-hmm. using those cameras kind of close to each other. Um, and you know both cameras that I'm not comfortable with. Like I'm, I'm not at all familiar with Pentaxes at all. Right. And I have used Sony's a bit, so I'm a bit more comfortable with them. And I'm very comfortable with the Canon. But the Pentax was so much smoother to transition into, and so much uh, it just made more sense and was much more intuitive and uh, much more tactile. And the Sony was a struggle and a slog and a like digging through menus and. I don't know. I, I don't want to put. T- I don't. I don't want to emphasize it too much. Like it's not. It's not a miserable experience. But you're always thinking about it. You're always trying to figure my, it out a little bit. My perspective on perspective on it is that I think that it's techno like technologically, just as far as tech notes are concerned. There's a lot to love about it, right? But like actually using it does not get me excited. Yeah. Uh, I've got to say the video on it is really really great. It shoots mm-hmm. 4K internally, which is a big deal. It shoots S-Log, which is also a big deal, meaning you get a ton of latitude. Like, the, it's, you know, it's... Um, but wouldn't you expect that, kind of? Because, I mean, well, Sony is not new to, to video. They, But they didn't do it on the last... It's it's that it's in the stills version of the camera. That's why it's exciting. Right. Last round... I mean, they have, they, they have a lot of back experience with creating video products though oh totally i know they're they're killing with video lately like that's that's not surprising that they're doing a good job but that previously they'd really focused the large resolution stills camera on only on stills and the a7s was all about video um and they didn't really give the great video features to like they didn't share you know in the things that they were great at so the fact that they let the high megapixel stills camera be amazing is what was interesting to me. Uh, yeah. the, the, the one tip about it though, when you're shooting full frame, it does not look nearly as good. There's way more noise. So uh, in, in that case, the cropped frame is super advantageous. It's much nicer. And that's for video specifically. Yes. Just for video. It's, it's not the same for a uh, photo. And I don't know why it does that. It just is uh, something about using the full space of the of the sensor is just difficult for it. You know, I I wanted to say on the last episode that you were talking about the ergonomics of the Pentax and and how that has that deep grip and how it just feels really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's exactly the feeling that I get with the the Mamiya Seven. The grip mm-hmm. on that thing is it. You just want to hold it. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is I want odd. everything to be like that. You know, it'd be great then is that that and it's another Pentax is the Pentax Six Seven. That the like massive one, yep with the with the wood handle. Yeah, it just has a huge wooden handle on it. So mm-hmm. I guess Pentax has a history of this. That is actually have you have you shot with one of those? No, never. Uh, so our uh, friend Jacob Lagerstead uh, has one of those, and and I took a couple of portraits of him with his camera. Oh yeah, I saw that. Those were beautiful. That Crazy camera, depth of field. It's oh man, I I. Just, that's like one of those moments where you realize <laughs> the greatness in something mm-hmm. and you, you, you hear the shutter and you just the, the touch and the feel of everything. And you're like, ah, oh. and it all just comes together. And I think that that's, it's actually probably a little bit more of uh, uh, in context to what we've been talking about is that like, um, you know, you think about somebody like Leica, you know, and 
really, when it comes down to it, how much better is the glass from a Leica than, than it is from Nikon? Like, to be honest with you, um, maybe a little bit, but it's not like, you know, a $3,000 per lens difference to me. Right. Um, and where I find the difference to be justified is in the actual feeling when you're using it. Mm-hmm. It's in the user experience. And like when you're, when you use an, a Leica, or uh, you know, what, like these this pen, this Pentax that we're talking about. There's a, there's a feeling that you just you know that it's that it's right, right? And like the, like the confidence and excitement and like all the absolutely intangible like it's, stuff. It's it's massive, and that feeling is awesome. And it's that's what I've uh, been learning about my uh, Nikon FM3A because I had to get used to it because it's so different than than the digital SR, LRs that I've been using all along. And um, now it's just, it's the most delightful camera to use. I love it. And it's not even that it's ergonomically amazing because it's, it's not, it doesn't have like an amazing grip or anything like that. But man, I, I, I really, honestly, it's just, it's, there's something about the way that it feels and works and the simplicity of it that makes me feel like I'm, I can create images and, and not, you know, get bogged down in a bunch of fuss. Yeah, I, I and I like that. <laughs> I had that. Fe- the Sony made me feel it didn't give me that like joy of shooting thing. The Pentax did. Uh, the Canon, I don't even know anymore because it's so I'm so comfortable with it. It's just like a hammer, you know. Like you know, I don't know. You like w- when you just get really, really comfortable with the camera. Like I don't even analyze it anymore. It's just there. Yeah, it's um, it's just an extension of you. Yeah. Uh, whereas, you know, when I'm trying something new, I either do or don't have that like excitement and connection thing. Um, yeah, so which cameras that you own do you have that feeling with? Like the excitement thing? Yeah. The the cont- contacts, I really like it. It gives me some like pep and, and same with actually both my film cameras, the uh, Canon Elon 7 as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we have? Uh, well, I've been shooting with the G7X a lot lately, which I think I've mentioned, and I've really been enjoying it. It has that same screen flip out that I was talking about on the Pentax where you can look down to shoot. And mm-hmm. I, on that as well, I've gotten really hooked on it. Um, so I've, I've actually enjoyed that quite a lot. I, I get that. Ex- I get that feeling with new iPhones whenever I get them that mm-hmm. like they just, I, I don't know. You just like you right away, you can see that this camera that you've already become very comfortable with and you've taken thousands of photos with and all of a sudden you see it get a little sharper and a little faster and focus a little better. Bit better on the color too. Yeah. Just like everything just gets a little better and you can feel it. And that like, I, sh- I shoot so much when I get a new phone. Um, yeah. Cause I just love seeing it now, in, in every that's image. That's a tech Marvel that I can get behind. Yeah. Uh, speaking of phones though, I, I've actually been sent a LG G4 to review um, mm-hmm. which is, uh, do you know anything about it? Nope. Well, uh, I've seen I, photos from it. That's I it. pay no attention to the, um, Android world. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I knew very little about it coming out, just that this was LG's attempt to, you know, kind of do their iPhone killer, their, their, uh, best of class. And to do that, they put a 16 megapixel camera in there, which, they were saying what they're like, you don't need, you, you throw away your SLR. You've got 16 <laughs> megapixels in your pocket. And that is a mistake for them to say that. Cause yeah, obviously not like it's not even, that's not even, I kind of, I kind of love that though. <laughs> 1.8 lens, which is really 
pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to wait to, to give a review on that till I've been using it a little bit longer. I have shot with it a bunch. A lot of my, so far my experience is getting used to Android more than using the camera. Um, but let's, let's talk about it more later, maybe. Uh, but it's interesting now having that perspective, like seeing Android versus iPhone, you know, here, okay. One thing I want to say about it right away is the way that each of the cameras deals with roll off in the highlights, um, has been really illuminating and something that I think, I think a lot of reviewers aren't talking about that have looked at the G4, um, where Apple kills it is their image processing you know, taking, put, throw the same sensor in an iPhone and another brand. And they just deal with the colors and deal with the light that comes into that in a really attractive way. So what I'm talking about right now is that they, they both have similar latitude. They both peak and blow out at a similar place, mm-hmm. but the iPhone just has a much more gentle gradient. Um, they, like the, it's the same thing happening, except it just knows like, okay, don't let the cutoff be so sharp. Make sure that it, um, it smooths out and like the whites kind of take on some of the color of the uh, surrounding pixels. And like, it just, it doesn't feel as blown out. Right. Um, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So it's, so, it's trying to work more like a uh, film. Yeah, exactly. And I actually found, you know, this is neutralized a little bit once you filter it. Like if you run it through ViscoCam, um, that does some of what the iPhone is doing. If like it takes your highlights and like takes the edge off them a bit. uh, And it, you know, it kind of ends up mattering a little less once they're processed. But um, yeah, I just, I thought that was interesting. Anyway, I'll, I'll I'll have more to say about it later after I've shot a lot more with it. That'll be interesting. Yeah, and um, I don't know, that's all my camera reviews, I guess. I could go on and on, but uh, what about you? <laughs> well, I, I was asking you about like which cameras give you that that exciting exciting feeling. Oh, yeah, and, and what um, yours? So for me, it's, it's, it's really become a complicated thing because I, I've, I've got too many cameras now. Hmm. And, um, but it's really kind of incredible because, you know, like I, I, I bought the... Uh, a while back, I got the Fuji Class S, and um, that camera, in terms of performance, is stunning. Right, mm-hmm. like the lens is amazing, and the and uh, the results are fantastic. Yeah, but, super sharp. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, though, like the feeling using it is is quite the opposite. Oh. Um, it has it's really it's noisy. It's got a lot of you know like you know yeah. going on. And that makes me crazy. Like listening to it focus uh, is irritating. Mm. It's really irritating. And so like that is, is something that bothers me. Um, it's light though. <laughs> it's really easy to carry. So I don't mind it like that, but I don't feel like, like I don't feel like a wizard <laughs> holding it, you know? Right. You know, a place um, I could really identify that is, and then I guess you don't use Canon, so you haven't experienced this, but maybe there's equivalence on Nikon is the the older Canon 50 millimeter uh, 1.8. So the cheap nifty 50, so yeah. noisy and so plasticky and like everybody has it cause it's cheap, but it feels cheap and it's not a joy to use. Like yeah. it's disruptive hearing it focus. If you do the manual focus, it feels like garbage. Um, 
it's just like it's not nice it works well enough but compared to the 40 millimeter pancake lens that i always go on and on about how amazing it is uh which is 2.8 and just the build on it is infinitely better it's the same price but I way prefer to shoot with it. You don't hear it focusing. The gears don't grind when you're manually focusing. It uh, feels more solid, less plasticky. Um, everything about it is. Yeah, so these things better. matter. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, they really do. And um, like, okay, so another one is that my uh, my FM3A is like I mentioned a minute ago has just become. You know, I mean, there's a reason that that uh, a lot of people say it's Nikon's Leica. Mm-hmm. You know, because when you use it, like it just it feels unique and it feels special. And you know, I've been using it with the uh, 80, 85 1.4 AIS lens, which is the the old manual focus pro lens, mm-hmm. and um, it's it's just so enjoyable. Like I, I feel like the viewfinder is I've never seen anything so clear and bright, and it makes it really super easy to to manually focus. And I just yeah, I'm in love. Mm. Um, and so that one really gets me excited and, um, you know, it's really kind of an interesting dynamic between that and, and my DF because they're similar in design and even in ergonomics. Um, but it's not as much, I don't, I don't feel as much excitement to use the DF at this point. Um, but I, 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 where I can credit it is that I also don't notice using it at all. Oh, yeah, like it's, it, it's just it's my it's like an extension blends in. Yeah, yeah, which is I don't know. It's like an interesting feeling that thing of when you stop noticing yourself noticing the camera. It, mm-hmm. You know, like when you just get used to it, um, which I think is part of why people don't really move between Canons and Nikon's that much. You know, like I think that's funny. I, Canon users and Nikon users, we all we are interested in what Sony's doing and what Olympus is doing. And like, I don't know, we, I think we pay attention to that stuff, but we don't pay attention to the Canon or Nikon because they kind of (laughs) have filled that slot already. Right. Like the role of a really high end, super functional tool. That's an extension of my hand. Like that is filled by Canon for me and it's filled by Nikon for you. So it's all this like um, experimental space that, is what the conversation happens around and what both of us end up playing with is the Fuji's. Like we both experimented with Fuji's. I sold mine a little while ago. Uh, and the Sony's and, you know, uh, like point and shoots of various kinds and film cameras. But, you know, then the, the workhorses are kind of on lockdown by Nikon and Canon still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that, that there's still a, a, a bit of a gap there, you know, and I think that there are other ways that, that in pretty, brilliant ways that Sony and Fuji and, and the like are using to, to compete. But um, when it all comes down to it, it, it's not enough to convince me to switch. And, you know, for uh, my pleasure shooting, the, um, I'm not using either any of that. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, um, I want to touch on one more thing quickly mm-hmm. since we've missed it and it's been a while. Um, just before we go to, we'll go to picks our selections of uh, awesome things in a minute, but that Instagram added aspect ratios, which is really yes. huge news, and we can talk about it. And it's been a while. It's We're almost all kind of used to it. Yeah, it, it is. But um, what's it been like for you? Like, did, did it change everything? Did did everything get worse? Did everything get better? I, I no. To be honest with you, I, it's what I've been asking for. Um, it's I've been wanting it for a while because um, while I love Square, 
I only love it if it was intentionally shot in square. Right. Yeah. Um, and so most of the time, whenever I had to crop, I, I felt like it was just it was destroying a lot of those images. Or, yeah. So like there was a lot of images that I didn't want to to do mm-hmm. because it's like well whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm really I'm really excited. I think it's about time. Yeah. And um, anybody that had used the Tumblr app previously, that's what, like, that's what I would look at is the Tumblr app is very similar to Instagram. Like most of the same features, very similar layout, but it's always had aspect ratios. And when you look at it, you're like, well, yeah, this makes more sense. This makes so much more sense. You don't need oh, to force weird. a square. Right. It was way more, it was a lot, a lot more pleasurable to, to look through Tumblr photos than it was Instagram for me, except for that. I like the layout of Instagram and I like the information. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I like the way that it, that you can that you can interact with Instagram much better than I do Tumblr. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think I don't that use Tumblr much. I I've tried, and you know I have a Tumblr account that that I I like to share cool stuff, but I don't use it for my own stuff. So I don't know. It's I I I think that there are things to appreciate, but I think um, this was like really that that um, that built big bold move that Instagram needed to remain. On top. This had, yeah, this couldn't have gone on. We couldn't keep doing the, like, add white space to the sides of your photos. Actually, this, like, killed a blog post I'd been working on that was, like, why Instagram is kind of ruining the internet by forcing Square. Like, (laughs) I mean, there's a few things they finally dealt with, though. Like, the resolution got higher, and Mm -hmm. and the, um, uh, but they are, they're one of the biggest places that people are putting photos on the internet. So, like, one of our biggest public sources of photography is getting all this extra white junk on the sides of it. And like, so, you know, Google image results will have this cluttery crap of all this white space that is doing nobody any good. Uh, Mm -hmm. The resolution was too low for a long time. It's finally up to 1080 and it was at 640 forever. Um, So like, those are all very important steps. And I'm wondering actually if the resolution bump is part of finally making a real iPad app as well, which I think it's weird. They still, have not done, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it could mean you could finally look at them on a higher res screen uh, and have them look great. So. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely enjoying it. But uh, to be honest with you, I have not been doing a lot of Instagramming just because of uh, consequential life things. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I tend to to go with it and then not go. It depends on how busy we are, right? Um, it's. It's not as important to my business model as it is others, and so like I generally I like to share things that that are meaningful to me and also that I m- might be excited about. But I don't have a huge follower, you know, thing. So um, it's not that important to me, but I do enjoy it because I still check it every day. And so like I'm I for looking at photos, the pleasure aspect is much nicer. Well, what's your thing? Got a thing? What is my thing? Huh. I don't have a thing. I'm, well, I, I do. I have, I have like oh, I have all these little things that I uh, keep kind of forgetting. You know, I forget everything I say in previous episodes. By the way, just for anybody wondering, like I might be repeating myself. This could be we could be Groundhog Daying every episode, and I wouldn't even remember because it. We might be, in fact, <laughs> yeah, and I am not keeping track of what my picks are, and then making sure that I don't say them twice. So anyway, okay, I'm going to go first because I I have a really good one that I don't think I said before, and if I did. Everybody tell me about it. Uh, did I talk about Storehouse? I think you might have. Oh, sh- I know that we... Oh, yeah. No, I did, because I did a comparison between Storehouse and Stellar. Yep. Uh, well, anyway, I'm trying out the new Storehouse beta. <laughs> 
So, and how do you think? Uh, well, I think, I think there's going to be some big changes before it actually comes out. So I'm not, oh, oh, I just opened it and there is a 2.0 beta to install. <laughs> oh, it's updating and I will report back later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have more to tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Well now all of a sudden I don't have anything to give you. So, uh, your turn. Yeah. So, um, I, I know that I've already talked about this, but, um, just kind of going back, um, things how I don't really have any new camera things to, to specifically discuss. Uh, I'll talk about a record that's been ruining my life, and um, <clears throat> it's really interesting because you know how like when you when you get into a, a new record and and you digest it at first and like you you uh, you enjoy the melody and and you know all those aspects and um, and then eventually you start to actually listen to the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's that, that's happened to me recently with uh, with that Sufian Stevens, uh, Carrie and Lowell. Oh, the one you already recommended. The one I already recommended, and um, I, I <laughs> still recommend. Recommend. That's a very strong recommendation. I still recommend it. It's um, I think it's probably my favorite record this year, um, and that's that's a really tough call because I have another one that I already recommended, the Beauty Pill record, which is still killing me too. Um, but the lyrics, oh my. It's just it's uh it's hard to deal with. Hmm. I mean, there's so much like really heavy content going on in there, and the way that he's delivering it is so sober that it feels just really real, and it's it's really kind of hard to not be overwhelmed by it. And uh, you know, we we listened to it quite a lot in the car while we were um, vacationing, and it's not that it was making me feel sad per se. But it was making me for more feel like like you know when you have those moments where you just like everything feels beautiful, mm-hmm. and you're you become kind of washed away in that emotion. Um, it's not the same as sadness, you know. It's it's quite a different thing. But you almost feel teary about right. it, and that is is the sensation that I've been getting from it. It deals with a lot of um, with a lot of death, which is not a, a subject that I'm particularly keen on with music. Um, I think there there is a lot of music that that deals with it in in ways that are entertaining, but I don't usually gravitate towards that. Like it's not a theme that I'm interested in. Um, and so once I realized that that was a lot of what this seems to be about, uh, I was conflicted in how I felt about it because um, I was just you know I've also felt like you know I'm listening to the words and I'm thinking like you know you know my son's in the car and I'm wondering how he's reacting to it. Right. You know, because one of the songs is this really beautiful melody, and he, he just keeps repeating like "We're all gonna die," and <laughs> you know, and uh, my son's just like, "Daddy, why does he keep saying we're all gonna die?" And I'm like, "Oh man, that's just that's it's a just big question. So complicated, yeah. and I don't want to mess this up, right?" And um, <laughs> so you and pointed like, zero just, out the window. I'm just like, well, it's it's true, you know, and I try to like, you know, just kind of like talk about it in a really like sober, you know, easy, mm-hmm. non-heavy way with him. Um, but you know, inside, I'm going like, wow, it's, man, this is. This is really <laughs> you can barely deal with it yourself. So. <laughs> I can barely deal with it. Like the the um, the I've been listening to this guy for a long time. You know, um, a third of my life, or not a third. Um, you know, probably twenty five percent of my life, I've been listening to this guy. And uh, there's just a there's there's a, a growth that took part in in the way that and this is just obviously my crap feelings about it but there's a growth that's taken place in the way that he's writing 
And um, there's something just so magical about it. And it's something that I feel like I haven't heard in music for a while. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's been overwhelming me. And I can't recommend it enough. Um, th- that reminds me of a song I'll quickly throw in by the Akron family. Oh yeah. Uh, the 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 verses. The, well, the album's "Love Is Simple," and that's like it's like the title track, but it's got a different name that I don't remember right now. That's the one bloody cover, right? Yeah, it's got like a it's it's got this uh, crazy image of a of a oh, heart. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's you the can one. see like the inner workings. Of Sorry, that. I thought I was thinking covers in a song cover. Um, anyway, yeah, the like verse over and over is uh, "Love Is Simple," and it's about death, and it's wonderful and beautiful and simple. Um, okay, but so, uh, speaking of, uh, emotions, um, uh-huh. I gotta recommend, uh, Inside Out, which, you got a kid, so you must, you must watch Pixar movies. Yes, I haven't yeah. seen that yet. Oh, well, you should. <laughs> um, watch it is on the plane gonna, on the way here. It's very Is it gonna good. make us cry? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no. <laughs> it was like, just barely starting and nothing had even happened. <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Strong recommendation there. Uh, awesome. And then I did, have I talked about Google Photos yet? No, I don't think so. Okay, so this is like a big recommendation. I almost don't have time to talk. Like I could do, I could do an episode. I've gotten really deep into Google Photos. Just give us a, a, a brief. Um, it is. I, so what I had been doing is using Dropbox and Carousel for all my backup. Um, it does automatic backups. If you have a paid Dropbox account, that means you can uh, just kind of like unload all your stuff into into a folder automatically on Dropbox. But Google Photos is unlimited free and not at full resolution. So it's not a perfect backup. It's not like a true backup. They compress it to JPEG and make it, I think, like 12 megapixels. But it's really important to me that it is free because it means that I don't have to worry about not paying for it someday. If I skip the bill on Dropbox and I lose my backup, that sucks. Yeah. But so with Google Photos and the fact that it's unlimited, like there... It, I'm just dumping everything into it and that feels so great. Like it's really liberating to not worry about it. So I actually just got a new iPhone to like um, replace damage on my previous one. Basically there's battery weirdness and uh, uh, I went in an Apple store, they gave me new hardware and I didn't restore my phone. I just reinstalled apps. So all my photos are gone and the way that I'm dealing with that is that they are all both in Google Photos and also in Dropbox. Dropbox has the full resolution and Google Photos has the compressed version. Nice. Um, but yeah, I like it's. I really like it. And it does amazing searchable stuff if you haven't heard about it, like, you know, like Google would. So you can search for weird objects that uh, it can recognize automatically. Let me just like look for some samples. Like it does fa- facial recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking through it's like places. So it's got, you know, Calgary, New York, uh, Toronto, just geotagging stuff. Things. Okay. This is where it's more interesting. So it's got concerts, sky, wedding, skylines, mountains, skyscrapers, food, cars, cats, cliffs, uh, birds, horses, uh, monuments, caving, uh, like it real, <laughs> which is actually accurate posters, oh. um, statues. Like it just like finds stuff and then you can search for it later and works weirdly well. Fog, huh. yeah, it's it's really cool and it's free. So I don't know if you don't mind, you know, trusting Google with all your shit, then uh, <laughs> then then do it. Yeah, if you consider giving all your stuff away free, then uh, yeah, it's so worth it. Like I, I love it. 
yeah, I mean, that's the price to pay for having everything at your fingertips. Yeah. It's uh, honestly, you like, you should get it now. Everyone should get it now and just dump everything in there. Well, I mean, if stop, you stop you worrying want. about. Yeah. So it's kind of a last ditch backup, right? It's not like this isn't to store real versions of client files. It's a like, oh my God, my house exploded and the house that my backup was exploded or whatever. It's like a, you know, they, and you can access them anytime. And it's actually, that's a pretty, uh, excellent recommendation. Yeah. A lot of people don't think about these things. No. If you can, if you, if you're not a, a thinker, well, and I, these things, like, then I thought about getting the, uh, the Apple one, but it's paid, right? And, like they actually just lowered the price on it, but still the fact that I'm paying means that someday I may decide I don't want to pay. And does that mean I'll lose all my photos and I'm not comfortable likely. with that? Very likely. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. Yeah. Me too. Thanks Cameron. It's good to catch up again. <laughs>